1: Now, here are your hosts of Cornerstone Radio: Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on K Praise.
2: Good morning, oh, excuse me. Good evening, and welcome to Cornerstone Radio. I'm Pastor John Simon, along with Pastor Ed Brody, and we're with Stan Kaplan, and and he's running for the 51 district of in our uh, in our county for Congressman. Is that correct, Stan?
3: Yes, it is, and thank you for having me.
2: Great. We're, we're really happy to have you. Blaine Nurse won't be joining us tonight. He'll, he's on vacation, so he'll join us next week. And so, you know, Ed, we're going to hold back our praise report uh, with the homeless this this week. And maybe if we get it into at the end of the show, I'd like to get here with Stan and ask him a little bit about him to open up the show and introduce himself and why he's running for the 51st District. And we can get into the priorities after that, What your priorities are to help the— um, help us throughout the country. So go ahead, Stan, introduce yourself.
3: Well, thank you. Stan Kaplan, and I'm running, uh, as they said, in the 51st Congressional District. Uh, and I have never been in politics prior to January of this year. I've been in uh, San Diego since 1986, small business owner, and I became very upset with the direction the country is going under this current administration. I went down to the local Republican Party and I said, why is not anyone opposing my opponent, a very far-left socialist Democrat, Sarah Jacobs? And they said, well, we can't find anybody because your district currently has a favored Democrat registration advantage. And, oh, by the way, she has lots of money. Uh, She's from the Qualcomm family. And that tends to scare people today. That didn't sit right with me because I think that representatives should be there to represent the people in their best interest. It's not a seat that you buy. And when I get to Washington, I want some reforms on how much money can go into uh, campaigns. In her last campaign, she was able to put in $7 million of her own money And to me, that's just not the right way to get elected. So going forward to this last January, when no one else would run, I said I can't let a congressional seat go unopposed. In the United States of America, we have two major parties, and I believe that everyone should have a choice on who to vote and who they best feel would be their best (coughs) candidate and representative in office. Because if I wouldn't have run, That would have meant that at least half the people would not have anyone to vote for. So I went ahead and I uh, I joined up. I went uh, from January to June 7th, the primary. I really had no name recognition and had very little money because it's very difficult to raise money unless you're considered a favorite, and that's another thing that didn't sit right with me. And I got over 37 percent of the vote, which was a pretty good showing. Um, Moving forward, I started talking to people on the street. At first, my motivation was that I 100 percent opposed to what Joe Biden and the current administration and my opponent's Democrat Congress has done to this country since they've been in office. But as I uh, started talking to regular people, hardworking people on the street that have a difficult time paying their bills, they would look at me and they would say, you know, thank you for doing this and many would look at me uh, uh some actually with a tear in their eye and say you know we're praying for you because these are hard-working people that care about our country mm-hmm. they care about traditional family and american values mm-hmm. and they hate to see it go away
2: absolutely you know um I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying stan i know how the economy is i i just it drives me crazy i try to listen to the news and it's just the lies that go out and tell us that there's people not struggling when i can tell you that people are living paycheck by paycheck and i i'm so glad to finally hear someone starting to stand up and say you know what there is a a recession going on you know uh, inflation is just skyrocketing um and i'm just tired of the lies lies so that's one thing that i know a lot of families are struggling with is the economy right now and all the costs of everything going up from milk eggs all the way up from gasoline all that can you hit a little bit with our audience about that
3: of course this was unavoidable number one uh if you think back to the first day joe biden went into office he handcuffed the oil and gas industry he shut down pipelines he put on more regulations and he make it made it difficult now when a country is energy independent. Not only is that good economically, but it's good for their security. And what he has done since then has given our strategic oil reserves, uh, believe it or not, to China, and he's done everything he can to weaken this country. Now, not only was this unavoidable, but the pro- what we need to do is return to American energy independence. And that's that's not that difficult because we were there before joe biden came in i didn't even know that we were buying uh, oil and gas from russia and this made no sense because what we were doing is posturing that we wanted ukraine to defeat russia but we're funding russia so they can produce the weapons to invade ukraine yes. that, that that just made no sense and so now instead of us doing our own oil and gas production. We're begging countries, our enemies, Iran, Venezuela, uh, this is outrageous and it needs to stop right now. Number two, he he has been very hard on small businesses. They used the pandemic as an excuse to, to close down small businesses. And it's my opinion that he did this because The big box companies, the large corporations, are big contributors, and they literally took market share and hurt small guys. And one of the reasons that people want to come to this country is to build their own small business, to be independent, to grow it, and to be the best they can be. Another thing that is just simply unbelievable is the number of trillions of dollars this government has spent Since they've been in office, I believe it's between four and five trillion, Mm -hmm. T trillion dollars. When you throw that much money into an economy, it's going to be very inflationary. Yes. And I want to know where the money's going. One of the reasons I want to be in Washington, D.C., is to find out who's getting it, because it's not my voters in my Mm -hmm. district that's getting it. I can promise you that. So we have to take a look at this, we have to root out corrupt politicians. Uh, We need term limits, and we need to do the things where our folks can thrive. If I can throw one more fact in. Absolutely. They say that inflation is going at an annual rate of 8.2 percent, which in itself is high. But this is really not a direct calculation of the necessities. People have to have food. They have to have gasoline to transport to work. Food prices are up 20 to 25 percent. Gasoline is up 30 percent. Forty percent. The cost to just survive is going up probably at twenty five percent a year. They are bankrupting the middle class. This has to stop.
2: You know, Stan, I just came to that. I was thinking about that. How are senior citizens are even coping with this? I mean, uh, they live paycheck by check check or social security check by social security check. And now here we are going everything's going through the roof. It's not like um, they can um you know they're getting well they're increasing a little bit were they increasing nine percent or something like that well when you're looking at the cost of inflation that nine percent doesn't really cover a whole lot so you got anything you can say to them about this
3: yeah i i have seniors telling me all the time my gosh i thought we were secure we worked our whole life Mm -hmm. you know we were good citizens you know we obeyed the law and we thought in retirement our pensions and our social security would be enough to see us through to to have a a retirement we wouldn't have to be worried about that would be stress-free that we could enjoy you know the later years of our life and it's not happening and what's sad is some even look in their 70s and 80s to have to you know get a job that's 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 inexcusable
2: absolutely i did hear a statistic they put out that said that people who are making one hundred twenty five thousand are living paycheck by paycheck that to me is astonishing i that that's just overboard there and i know that you're dying for a give a standing Ed, just, question
4: just to comment on what you said i'm one of those senior citizens you're talking about <laughs> and it is getting tougher and tougher to live and uh <clears throat> Now I understand they're talking about uh, getting into your uh, IRAs and your and taxing those. So even in the future, it's not looking good. Uh, can I change the subject a little yeah, bit? please. Okay. One of the things I'm interested in is uh, education. Yes. And uh, I think what this administration has done to our education is is a disaster. Sure. So my question is, how do you feel about uh, the voucher, school voucher system?
3: Yeah. Uh, Let me start off a little bit with what's going on with education. I I have uh, mothers and grandparents come to me regularly, and they say, you know, I've got a little granddaughter in elementary school, and they're telling her that she can be a boy. And they're telling boys that they can be girls, and they're confusing them with all this transgender nonsense. Absolutely, and um, we've got to outlaw this stuff because this confuses young children. Uh, You know, it it basically ruins their life. And an interesting fact, and I get to the vouchers in, in, in just a minute, but this is a reason that the churches are opening their own schools. This is a reason that there are some institutions that are better for kids to learn and thrive in than a lot of the public school systems. And definitely there should be school choice and there should be, I think, the full amount of the tax people pay should be in a form of a voucher, follow them wherever they, they need, need to go. But I, I did an interesting thing. you know, I use Google like most people. And I, a couple weeks ago I said, Google, how many genders are there? Okay, can anybody guess? I mean, you you can't go higher. I, I,
2: I'm curious to hear about this. Yes,
3: oh, oh, yeah, just 72. I mean, 72 genders, and so I started saying I, I went on a TV and I'm and I, every time I talked to people, I said, "Let me tell you my position on this. There are two genders. There's a male and a female. The male cannot get pregnant. The female can, and she can have a baby. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And and so we got to get back to people, just saying, you know why aren't I pushing back on th- uh, so these ridiculous things? Yeah. Because, you know, you guys, somebody comes up to you and says, when are you going to have your, ba- your baby? You'd say, you got to be nuts. What's wrong with you? I <laughs> yeah. mean, but if you just smile and say, oh, pretty soon, <laughs> <laughs> we got to push back on this. And, I'll t- and let-, let me go one step further, and I've said this publicly too. Any, I'll call him a pervert, to be honest with you, that does transgender surgeries mm. on an innocent oh, minor yeah. child, they have to be in prison they have to go to jail Amen.
2: yeah yeah
3: uh, the, there was a
4: congressional hearing and they brought this woman up and i don't remember what department she was from but they started asking started asking her can a man get pregnant and she wouldn't answer now to me that's a pretty simple question but they're so into this uh into this uh, socialist stand that She just refused to answer. She was given all kinds of stories and
3: everything, but would not say yes or no. Yeah, and unfortunately, these are kind of the people they're putting in to lead this country today. Right. Um, If you want my theory on what's going on, uh, because every day it's something more remarkable than – I mean, you ever shake your head and say, how did they come up with that one? Yeah. Uh, Certainly Joe Biden is not the leader of this country. Um, I'm not sure exactly who is. But I have said before, and I'll say it again, if President Xi from China was inaugurated instead of Joe Biden, these policies wouldn't have been any different because everything that they're doing is weakening the United States to the benefit of China. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it's uh, apparently, uh, you know, it's because he's compromised or whatever, but uh, we got to turn things around. And that's why I'm running because this nonsense has got to stop, or I'm concerned about the future of this country.
2: Amen. Oh, great. Amen. You know, um, there's another thing that's been going on, and I'm sure that uh, a lot of uh, the people out there are saying that the crime that's going on. Yes. Well, what about your feelings or what you're thinking about this crime and with law enforcement?
3: Yeah, and this is unavoidable. Or, or I'm sorry, this is avoidable also, just like the, everything else. Let's say – let's look at what's going on. They started with this defund the police uh, nonsense. Uh, Police are racist nonsense. They're the bad guys. Uh, You know, the criminals are are the good guys. They can burn down buildings and they can – you know, and they're not prosecuted. Well, what we need to do – and it's not that complicated. Let's fully fund the police and say, guys, go do your job. Enforce the law. Now, they need the support of prosecutors – If the prosecutors don't back them up, then these prosecutors have to go. In fact, I've even said if they don't prosecute and follow the law, they need to be prosecuted. But we need to clean them out, and we need to start from scratch for people that understand that if someone commits a crime, they need to pay for the crime. Otherwise, if you're a criminal and there's no cash bail and they let you out or they don't even arrest you, now what are you going to do? You're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And this is very harmful to our law-abiding citizens. So we tell prosecutors, do your job, get rid of no-cash bail, and give appropriate prison terms that correlates with the crime. And then I think that the criminals should pay restitution to their victim. But everything they're doing now is backwards. We need to totally reverse it. And we need to see that people can feel safe in their own neighborhoods. I mean, it's outrageous for people not to be able to go to the grocery store or or, or go visit a friend or go to a park without having fear of being molested. This has got got to change.
2: Yes, I totally agree.
4: Kind of an add to that, too. My grandson's a police officer in Seattle, and I was telling him about this law that California talked about. I don't even know if it passed or not, where the police officer can be sued by the person he stopped. And I was telling him about that, and he just looked at me and grinned and says, we already have it in Seattle. So there's no protection for the police anymore.
3: Well, exactly. And why should they do their job? In fact, I'm, I'm surprised more haven't quit. I mean, they, they ought to be respected. And I'll say another thing. The media is, is a, a big part in this. Um, I mean, I don't know why they want to come down in, uh, on police and, and, and create disorder, but uh, there seems to be a two-tiered system of justice in this mm-hmm. country. And uh, that needs to be evened out. Everybody deserves uh, freedoms and protections under our Constitution and deserves due process uh, and should be treated fairly. But uh, I don't see that happening with our justice system and our FBI today.
2: All right. Gotcha. You know, a big one is, is our military. Yes. Um, what do you got to focus on that for the let the people know out here?
3: Well, you know, I I, I I will tell you it's only what I see and hear. But if it's true that they're trying to make the military go quote woke, uh, you know whatever woke is, uh, that needs to stop. I think a lot of the uh, warriors have left the military, and they're putting people in there that you wouldn't want, you know, next to you in battle. I mean, we have to have people that want to fight a war, an war to win. And that's the objective. They're putting a lot of weaklings in there now. Uh, they're doing this gender ideology. I mean, uh, in my opinion, we don't need uh, transgenders in our military. I think we need fighting people. And another thing, if you're in great condition, if you're in good health, Why in the world would I force you to take medicine or a vaccine or anything that may not be in your best interest in order to stay in your job, whether it's the military or anywhere else? I think that's something that should be up to the individual. So we need to strengthen our military as if we were going to be in a war with China because they're not doing what we're doing. They're doing what you're supposed to do to win a war, and we better wake up before it's too late.
4: One of the things that surprised me—I've kind of kept track of the military as well—but what surprised me is how far up that goes in the uh, in the military, the leadership, that uh, they're having meetings on this uh, transis- transis- <laughs> transgender things and everything. But it's coming from the top, yes. telling them to do this, and that—that that surprised me. I can't. It's just hard for me to imagine a military man having that problem of. What gender are you?
3: Yeah, I I agree. And uh, I'll never forget, it was a few months ago, Joe Biden was bragging that they were going to um, redesign and make fashionable maternity outfits for female jet, uh, jet fighter pilots. I mean, Give me a break. Let's get our priorities in order here.
4: That yeah. was <laughs> yeah. that a male or female pre- that gets pregnant? <laughs> exactly, exactly.
3: Guys, we, you know, I want. This is crucially important. This midterm election. I mean, we have to get out and vote. Not just us, but if I will tell you, I will not get elected in a light turnout, nor will any conservative. Uh, if, if you want to change things, uh, what are going on in the country? You need to not say, oh, "Oh, the election's rigged." Oh, we can't win in California. There's no use, you know. Uh, at least fight. Get, you know, stand up and do the best you can. And uh, then at least we know we we, we we gave it a try. Yeah. Well, at
4: least I can tell you, you have at least one vote. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is, but at least have one vote. <laughs>
3: well, that's a start. <laughs> gotta start somewhere. Hey Stan, you know I
2: want I want you to tell people who you know who you are again. I want you to tell them where you're running again. And so if they want to reach out to you, maybe they can get you. You can give them your email or your sure. what or your number or whatever. Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would love to talk to you about this. So would you just rehash this again with the the people here over sure. the radio?
3: Well, uh, the first thing you can do is uh, access my website online at kaplanforcongress.com. It's C-A-P, like Paul, L-A-N-F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com. It gives you my positions and it tells all, you know, about, you know, uh, my stances on things. Uh, it gives the communities that I represent and uh, it, it gives, in, you know, endorsements. I've got um, you know, many endorsements. And, and uh, you know, please go there and, and you'll get a better feel for, you know, who I am and what I represent. In addition, I would also like to reach out to anyone in the last six days uh, that has the ability to wave a sign, to hand out a flyer, uh, or even, you know, make a small contribution if you have the wherewithal to do it. But that can all be done through my uh, through my website, and I welcome your help.
2: Awesome! I'm glad you told them.
3: And what district was it again? District 51. Uh, it's the congressional district, and roughly, it's the boundaries are the 56 freeway on the north, the five freeway on the west, the eight on the south. But it does dip down around San Diego State, goes down into Lemon Grove, Spring Valley, La Mesa, and all the way to El Cajon. And then all the way back through Fletcher Hills and Del Cerro, Tierra Santa, Scripps Ranch. So it's it's a huge geographic area.
2: Great. Uh, um, you know, uh, I'm glad that you based – you're a faith man. Is that true? Yes. Great. And so I just want to get that out. I know that you brought that up earlier in uh – when we were talking about that, so folks, I just want to let you know that he is uh, it, your, your faith is the Lord.
3: Yes, let me let me say this. I, I, I will really hand it to the Christian, particularly evangelical churches today. They have finally stood up and said enough is enough. Uh, you can't be scared about talking about politics because if you don't start getting involved and getting your members of your congregation involved then we're going to lose those freedoms. And you lose those freedoms, and you lose your religious liberties, you lose your churches, and you become a number under uh, a totalitarian system. So I want to thank all the churches. Uh, They've they've really stepped up. I have a number of communities. I have people that have come here from different countries that uh, just don't – they 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 can't believe what they're saying. I have people from Iraq that you know wanted to, to get away from the nonsense that we're having here in this country. There's people from Asia that were under communist rule and they're shaking their head. People that were under the former Soviet uh, Republic. Yeah, we we take we've taken this for granted. I'm begging people to get up and fight before it's too late. Amen. Amen. Ed, I'm going
2: to get you the last saying because we got to get ready to get close here. So would you go ahead and anything else you'd like to say, Ed?
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'm the one that does uh, investigation. I don't just vote. Uh, so I, I, I haven't been to your web's website. I was trying to remember now where I got information on you, but I just got your website here. But uh, like I say, uh, you've got one vote. Thank you. I, I think what's going on right now, uh, you're you're absolutely right. It's got to stop, and the only way it's going to stop is is if we vote in people, who are going to stop it, and that have the boldness to stand up and talk about it. That has the boldness to to vote against so many of these bills that are being passed, uh, to stand up against these, uh, the uh, far left liberals and the
2: socialists. And uh, so I hope you're the man.
3: I promise to do that.
2: Okay. And, Stan, um, I'm going to give you opportunity one more time to tell that the people know, again, um, your email and you and all that. So would you please repeat that again for them so yeah. if they had to get a pen and paper?
3: Thank you. Stan Kaplan, C-A-P, like Paul, L-A-N. It's O R C O C-A-P-L-A-N-F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com. And please reach out any time, and we will get back to you.
2: Okay, folks, there you go. That was with Stan. Um, he's running for the 51st um, District, and he needs your vote. I'm going to end with this. Um, in um, Excuse me, in Proverbs 2, verse 6, says, For the Lord grants wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Goodwill. Thank you, Kim and Anna, for your help with the clothing to feed the homeless. We can, I, give, can I throw a little something in here?
4: Yes. I met Anna for the first time this last Friday, and she is
2: funny. <laughs> She's a doll, yeah, isn't she? She got on me. It was funny. <laughs> Enjoyed visiting with her. Great. And Javier over at Sombrero's, hey, we want to thank you and your family for helping us. And Stephen Forsythe over at Elkhorn Westland Church, hey, thank you, Steve. We appreciate all your help. And Jeremy and Tim over at Skyline Church, hey, guys, uh, we appreciate the help that you're doing with the homeless. Hey, folks, I hope this was really encouraging tonight. Oh, hey, Stan, we we thank you for being on the show. Yes, God bless your good. heart. Thank we you. hope that you will take over. So folks, get out there and vote, and may God bless each and every one of you, and
1: good night. Thank you for joining us on Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse, where they encourage you to think big and act bigger. Join us again next week at this same time as we work together to break the cycle of homelessness, restore hope, and help men and women regain control of their lives. Your generosity, philanthropy, and charitable contributions are always welcome and remarkably make a positive impact on the lives of those in need every day. Take part in making a difference by visiting cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. That's cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. This has been Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on KPraise.